there. Thank you for downloading our message. It is our desire you grow in the mastery of the word and the power of the spirit as you listen. Be blessed. Amen. So, um, tonight, we start a new series for our, mid, for our midweek online services. Okay? Apologetics. Apologetics. Um, apologetics, okay, is a... Uh, it's using reasoned arguments or writings in justification of something, typically a theory or religious doctrine. Apologetics is a branch of Christian theology which attempts to give a rational defense of the Christian faith. It is giving reason for why you believe what you believe. Awesome. Again, apologetics is reasoned arguments or writings in justification of something, typically a theory or religious doctrine. It is a branch of, 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 theology, of Christian theology which attempts to give a rational defense of the Christian faith. Okay, it is a branch of Christian theology which attempts to give a rational defense of the Christian faith. It is giving a reason for why you believe what you believe. Please note that it does not mean apologizing. It does not mean apologizing for Christianity. No. Again. It does not mean apologizing for Christianity. No. It means raising arguments to defend our faith. Okay? An apologist is someone who defends the Christian faith. Okay? A Christian apologist. I know we have um, Islam apologists, we have order, but a Christian apologist is one that defends the Christian faith. Awesome. Okay. So why do we need apologetics? Shouldn't it just be enough to just um just believe? Okay, not mm-hmm. enough to just believe. Why are we discussing apologetics? Why do we need recent arguments to justify our faith in Christ? Awesome. Now I hear you know I'll give you an example with the stories. So imagine you have on a case two detectives, you know, investigating an homicide or you know a crime, right? Let's say for example, um, a, a a a woman died. Okay, so two two detectives are on the case. And one just says it, it must be the husband. I, I just know the husband killed her. Why do you know? I just know. I just have, I just have an hunch that I just have a hunch that the husband killed. The woman. Awesome. Now the other, the other detective goes about and gets evidence, okay, to prove that the husband killed the wife. Now, if they are both to present their case before a judge or a jury, which of them, you know, will have uh, more confidence? And boldness and authority, okay, to present um, 
findings, to present an argument, a reason that is valid to thinking, okay, that says what I believe is the case is actually the case. Awesome. So, it is good to just believe, okay, but beyond just believing, your belief is more rooted when you have evidence for which you believe what you believe. Is that good? Now, I'm right why, why we need apologetics. Because we are in days where people that claim to be Christians, okay, that were once um, leaders in the faith, will hear about someone from a you know a very popular um, church Christian group, you know, church music group, okay, that that departs from the faith. A top well-known worship leader, you get, says he or she is leaving the faith. A popular pastor that wrote books that people have read and they've been blessed by, just says, okay, I'm, I'm living the faith, that book I read, that, that book I wrote, discard it, you know, um, it, it is there, I write now, don't, I, don't, I don't believe them anymore, you know, they're no longer valid and all that, and I'm living the faith. Now, if beforehand, you do not have a valid evidential reason for why you believe in Jesus, those things can trip you. They can begin to make you wonder and ask questions, saying, is this really true? Why exactly do I believe this? You know? So it's good to have evidential, reasonable, grounded faith. Okay, so that when things happen, you are not shaking off your stand. You know, now we know in um, in recent times, you know, in especially in foreign universities. People go in there as Christians, and after semester one, they denounce the faith. Why? They meet bullies in their professors, lecturers, okay, that give them half-baked evidence to say there is no God. And because these young ones are yet to be taught apologetics or given evidential reason for their faith, they just, you know, they stumble and they back out because people that they respected Professors, academics, and all that told them their faith does not make logical sense. So, people back out. Now, we also live in a day and age where, on social media, we have more and more atheists, okay, coming out strongly to say there is no God, it's all a lie, and all that. So, it means that, you know, because exposure to information has a way of um, influencing our thoughts. So, it means... If we don't have evidential information, reason to back what we claim we have, over time, by being exposed to such information, people might tend to back out and begin to doubt, okay, is it really true? Okay, so we need to prepare ourselves to be able to give reasons why we believe what to believe and to also be able to help others, okay, to help others, to show them reasons for which we believe, you know, what we believe. It is very important. Okay? Now, the Bible says that we should love the Lord our God with all our minds, you know, with all our strength, with all our soul, right? So, to love the Lord with all your soul means to love Him with all your mind. Okay? It means that your mind must have reasons for which you believe the Lord and love Him. It is beyond loving God with just your spirit alone right now. To love God with your mind 
it means that your mind is convinced that God is real and is Jesus. So, to, to fully love God, spirit, soul, and body, to fully serve Him with your spirit, with your soul, and with your body, your mind needs to be fed, to be informed, okay, with evidence, with reason for why we believe what we believe. And even looking through scripture, okay, we find that um, right from the beginning, God gave the people a reason to believe. No one had to just believe for believing's sake. For example, God called Abraham, right? So I believe that when God called him, it wasn't just some random voice. It must have been clear enough for him to say, okay, this voice, this person, is not just, it's not just what, I, what I normally come across. This is different, okay? I must pay, I must give it to this, I must give this attention. Now, secondly, when God, God told Abraham that he will give him a child. Now, Abraham was old and gray. His wife also had passed the age of childbearing. So, when Abraham's wife conceived and gave birth, Abraham knew for sure this can only be God. It was so clear because God waited for everything to be dead in his body. It was such that by natural evidence alone, he could not, you know, conceive and give birth, okay? So God gave Abraham a reason such that, you know, after Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 tribes, you know, they had reason to believe what they believed. They could see from their history, from their story, how, how Isaac was born, that, you know, Christ is, that, that God is real. They could see from the blessing, they could see from, from evidence of how there were more blessed than everybody around them. They could see from how their life was different from people around them. They could see that God was actually real for them. Now, let's, let's even go further to the Israelites, okay? Now, God came for the Israelites in Egypt and led them out by many miraculous signs such that they knew for sure that this one knew power past power such that Moses' rod became a snake that ate up the snake of the, of, of the, of the Egyptians. So they knew for sure that this one knew is, is the God of our fathers. It's not just anyhow, you know, it wasn't just random. Moving forward again, we see them, they walked on water. God fed them with manna. Their clothes no way out. And God told them, tell your kids this story as a memorial that they may remember to serve the Lord your God. What's he doing? Giving them reason, evidence for the faith they proclaim. Not only believing for believing sake. Okay? So when you ask, when you ask the average question right now, Many of them, many of us. Why are you a Christian? Some will say, I was born into Christianity. Some will say, I had an emotional experience. Or, it's a natural experience. Some will say, I just believe. Now, are these reasons, are they good, you know, are they um, sound enough? Can they stand 
the test of time? Can they be used to convince a skeptic? Even more so because people in other faiths also, they will say, I was born into the faith. They will say, it just feels emotionally correct. It just feels emotionally cool. They will say, I just believe. This means that at that level, okay, it is almost like the same reasons we give that they also give for their own religion. So, how then will you make the claim that Jesus is Lord and is the one true God? If all you say is just for believing is that you were born into Christianity, or you had an encounter, you know, you had a, an, an experience, or you just believe. Now, you need something deeper. Are you getting me? You need, you, you, you need um, um, reasonable arguments that will tell people that what you say you have is the real deal. And this is the reason for apologetics. Okay? To give us sound arguments, justification, okay, for what we believe. Amen. Now, some will say that faith should be illogical. Faith should be um, just faith, no evidence. Some will say, we just believe. We just want to just believe, you know, and all that. But is that really what the Bible says? Did Christ tell anyone, just believe, Sha? Did the apostles tell anybody, just, just believe for believing sake? If that is what they said, why then will you tell a Muslim that, this <laughs> is well done, why then will you tell a Muslim, right, that, my own belief is right and yours is wrong if it's only about just believing so there has to be something beyond just believing you must have we must be able to present logical arguments okay for which we believe in christianity now if our god is the all wise god if we serve the all-knowing, the omnipotent, you know, uh, then it means that our faith in God must not be threatened by logic. My, this is my question, this is my thought. If logic can defeat faith in Jesus, then is he really God? If it takes being purely stupid to be a Christian, then can we say God is all wise? This, this is my premise. My premise is this, that because God is all wise, logical, logical arguments should not flaw our belief in Jesus. We should be able to, even with logic, and reason, okay, um, prove and show the world reasons for our belief. Faith is not anti-logic. 
faith is not meant to be illogical or ridiculous okay faith in god should be able to be backed up by logic it is that logic that makes us be able to tell other religions that our way is the right way because our logic you know defeats theirs it will be hard to tell a a non-christian to live his or her faith if you cannot show reason for which christianity is the real deal how do you tell somebody born into islam he is 25 years old he has prayed every day all his life five times he is indoctrinated how would you tell him that is god is not the real god you have to be able to present a valid reasonable argument now even beyond doing that for your friends okay there might be days when even you you're not feeling it anymore you need to be able to open your notes <laughs> and check and see this is why i know for certain that jesus is lord so even though right now i'm not happy with him or he has vexed me but he's lord though i have to serve him right so as at as every point now there'll be always be a day or a time or a phase in our lives okay that we will be challenged that our faith will be will come under threat maybe things happen to someone around us or something bad just, just happened in my life where i'm like wondering what exactly is this or we see this in the bible that that that, that look that look right to what we thought about god it's that okay we say god is good but what what the crack happened to job or you see you see those things in the bible like okay why did god allow swans so in the bible you know so if you have no logical answer for those things it might trip you so we must dig in to find answers faith is stronger when there's reason to back it up the reason why abraham could sacrifice his could attempt to sacrifice isaac was because he had he had reason to believe that god would not fail he had seen god okay give him a child in his old age so he knew for sure this god though he cannot fail you get that okay so the more backed up our faith is by logic the easier it is for us to stand the challenge so that no matter who you meet no matter who debates you you know for sure we ain't gonna back down we know why we believe what we believe so from from, from my experience right now what i've searched even the professor in philosophy sits with me i can show him that baba i know what i am saying in fact if you really check well you find that it takes much more logical faith to be an atheist than to believe in god because for it to be an atheist you must believe that this world 
came just came randomly there was just a big bang and everything came into being now is that not much more illogical than believing that an intelligent being god created the world when you see how orderly the stars are the moon is you no know, everything is it does not take much more much more illogical faith to say it just came by a big bang you see that so when you see these things you know that it takes much more logical faith to be an atheist than to be a believer in a creator to be a believer in jesus this is why we must search out this thing so that nobody can bamboozle us so even if tomorrow your favorite um, big pastor you know says ah this thing is a lie yo. it's not true it's all false and all you now you know that okay from our research we know christ died and resurrected right and now that is why we believe right so even if pastor Lagbaja says it's not doing it again it's, it's, it will not be our only question did christ die and resurrect if yes glory be to god we know and we stay in what to believe are you getting me so that nothing that happens outside will be able to shake your faith because it is grounded in reason not just in pastor weekly awesome so as long as the reason stands your faith will stand no matter what happens to wherever okay awesome so first peter 3 15 first peter 3 15 first peter 3 15 it says but in your hearts revere christ as lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have but do this with gentleness and respect look at that always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have this is your your responsibility to always have an answer when people ask you why you believe don't just say i just believe i just believe sha no always be ready with an answer so you owe it to yourself and to your faith in christ to have answers when people ask questions when they say why is just the only way you must be able to have answers and that's why that's why we are doing this again second time in one year because it is important that we remember and have answers okay always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks now that reason there in that in that particular to in that particular verse the reason there when they ask you for, to give reason for hope in christ now that reason there is apologia okay so even the bible we have apologetics so it's always ready to give apologetics reasons for the hope that we have in christ so ap- apologetics is not something new it has always been part of the teaching of christ the bible always showed us where they were given reasons i will go through that shortly okay awesome 
So why apologetics, as, as I said before? Number one, the Bible commands us to. Okay? According to 1 Peter 3.15, it is always be ready to give a reason. So we are commanded to do apologetics, to have reasons to back up our claims, to convince people with reasons, show them reasons. Okay? Open to Jude 3. Jude 3. Jude 3. Dear friend, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted to God's holy people. It says, contend for the faith. Now, the contend there is not to carry gun and fight or to carry bomb and suicide bomb. Okay? It's not to fight them and, and abuse them, attack them. No, contend with the word, with sound reasoning, with the knowledge of the word. Contend for the faith. Argue it, defend it, stand your ground. Contend for the faith. So, this is the job of every believer to contend for the faith. You can't contend for a faith you don't understand. You cannot contend for a faith you don't understand. This is why we must be all taught. We need to sit down and eat the word very well, okay? Hear the psalms over and over again so that you can appropriately, you know, contend for the faith. Read your Bible. Know the truth. Do your research, okay? So you can appropriately contend for the faith. It is a huge shame to see believers not knowing that there's only one way to God, Abba. How are you a Christian for a whole year and you are saying, Muslim, everybody, we all are the same God. Are you okay? How? How? How can you not know that Jesus is the only way to God? How can you not know? What then is your belief? Do you get my point here? So, it is so important in these days that we must engage people. We cannot sit back and just, and just let, let, let them believe anything. We must engage them. We must talk to them about Christ. Let them know these things. Even believers, some of them are so, it's so grossly ignorant. It is, it, is, it is amazing. How do you not know John 46? I am the way, the truth, and the life. How do you not know that? How? Okay, so it is so ridiculous. So we must much, we must much more engage people, drag them to church. Hey, people are dying of ignorance. They are suffering and are, and are believers, but suffering seriously in ignorance. So if you don't know that there's there's only one way to God, and that way is Christ, how then do you preach? What are you preaching? If, if you don't know that, what then is the gospel you are preaching? If if it was another way to God, why then did Christ die? If another way could do it, why then did Christ come down in the flesh and die on the cross? If there's another way to do it, then God must have been very cruel to allow Christ to go through that and die. But because that was the only way it had to be done. Okay? It's amazing that, that believers don't know the simplest things. Not even, not even the deep things. The simplest things. The simplest things. The simplest things that Christ is the only way to God. How do you not know that? Okay, so we need much more to grow in sound doctrine.
drag your friends into church. Pity them. Some of them are saved, but they know they know nada. They are they are the same spot, not growing, just wallowing in religion. Okay, you must help them by bringing them to church. Let them grow like you are growing. Okay, very, very important. Awesome. So going forward. So we are committed to, to contend for the faith, okay? And we also see in the Bible, we see Christ doing apologetics. Open to Mark 14, 61. Mark 14, 61 and 62. But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah? the son of the blessed one 62 i am said jesus and you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven now what's he doing here he was quoting daniel 7. any serious jew knows daniel 7 and knows that the son of man there doesn't mean son of a man. It means God. Okay? Then that's how it accurately. Okay? Son of man, there's not just it's not just son of a man. No. Son of man there means God. As in it's a, a Jewish, Jewish people know that claim very well. Okay. It was quoted directly from Daniel 7. So by saying that every Jewish person has that it was claiming to be God by making that statement. So if I said I am. Now the I am is the same I am. That they know. In, um, in the OT, when God told um, Moses, I am. So by saying that, or taking them, taking them back to the OT, showing them that that person is directly about in the Old Testament, it is high. Awesome. I'm going to show us even further. Luke 24, 44, 45. Luke 24, 44, 45. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets and the Psalms. 45. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now, before he died, he told them in John 2 1921, John 2 21, he told them he would, you know, destroy the temple and back from three days. He told them many, many times over again with fake clues that he would die resurrect, okay, in three days. He gave them clues. And when it happened, he told them, what I told you, it has come to pass as it was written in the Old Testament. What is showing them? That I'm, 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 I'm not, it's not, not, not just a baseless claim. It is not just a baseless claim. It is as written in your Old Testament scriptures. And, and as I told you before, that I will die as a race. And I've done it now. So for me to have done it, I am the one spoken about in your old testament what's he doing what's he doing he was giving them reason reason for them to believe that he is the son of god is that clear clear awesome we see also the miracles now in matthew 11 to 5 Matthew 11, 2 to 5. Wow, time. Matthew 11, 2 to 5. 
When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent the disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Verse 4, Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. Look at that. Evidence so the blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Says, go back and give him evidence. Okay? Give him what you see. A reason to believe. Not just faith for faith's sake. Okay? Go and tell him what you, what you see and hear. Jesus Christ giving people reason for believing. Now, we see also, we see Paul in Acts 17 from verse 22 to 34. Acts 17, 24. This was Paul in the, in, in, in the, Greek, in the Greek city of Athens, okay? Where he was arguing with them scriptures to show them, you know, arguing with them to show them that Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? It's a long read. Let's go. Paul then stood up in, in the midst of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at the address of worship, I, I even found an altar with this, with this inscription to an unknown God. Look at that. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. This is Paul making a reasoning a reasoning argument for the faith look at that 24. listen very well please the god who made the world and everything in it is the lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands and is not served by human hands as if he needed anything rather he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the bodies of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him. Though is not far from any one of us. 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Look at that. Look at that. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that, that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. But now, he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day in which he will judge the whole world, the world with justice by the man he has appointed. Look at that. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. He gave proof. 
32. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, We want to hear you again on this subject. 33. At that, Paul left the council. 34. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionys Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, and a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. So this is what happened. Paul told them that you say you are worshipping the Creator and we are his offspring, right? If he's a Creator and we are his offspring, then he cannot be gold or silver or any um, image that your hands can craft. That was Paul giving them a logical argument to say, if it's actually this is going to talk about, it cannot be a God you, you carve and then bow to. So that was a logical argument. If we are his offspring, go then the divine being cannot be gold or silver or stone or any image made by human design and skills. What was that? What's doing? Paul was doing for them apologetics, a recent argument. Let's go to Acts 17 again from verse 1 to 3. Verse 1 to 3. When Paul and his companions had passed through and Pephonis and Apollos Polonia. They came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, look at this, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. He reasoned an argument, a debate, a logical um, reason, reasoning with them from scriptures, explaining, look at that, and proving. So good, explaining you know, and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Look at that. So he, he reasoned with them and showed them from their scripture. He proved it that he had to suffer. You know, to rise and rise from the dead. He showed them from, he reasoned out with them. So he gave them logical arguments from what they already know, the scripture in the OT, you know, the, the Jewish, Jewish people. So apologetics has always been a part of Christianity. Are you, are you following me, guys? Awesome. Open to Philemon 1, Philippians 1 7. Philippians 1 7. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace. So we see Paul again talking about defending the gospel. Do you get? Don't just keep quiet. You get up. You bring out reason. You defend the gospel. Don't 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 just unlook and walk past. Come on. You defend the gospel. You stand your ground. You contend for it. So we must all be ready to do apologetics. We must know it and stand and defend it. Verse sixteen. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Paul talking again about the defense of the gospel reasoned out reasonable argument we debate we argue it we discuss it 
we, we, we drag it and we show you what we are saying is the truth. We don't just back down and shut up and unlook. No, we defend the gospel. We contend for the gospel. It's why Paul said in Titus 1 9, okay, that the leaders should be able to be those that can hold fast to the word of God, okay, that are able to exhort and stand doctrine and to refute those that contradict. So, being able to know what I'm talking about and to well present it is a heavy part of our Christian faith. This is important though. It is not the arguing that saves, but at least it opens up people's mind to know that there's something beyond what they know. In fact, people call it, people call it, they call it pre-evangelism. Pre-evangelism. So, it just makes the person know that, okay, if my God is not true, then it's, it's your God's. It opens them up to hear the gospel. It makes the, the, the aptitude know that, okay, if there's a God, I should know more about him. I get my point here. So, even though it might not be what is, it's not what saves the person, it opens up people's hearts to hear the gospel that saves them. Awesome. We must also know that we must do this apologetics in humility, in mercy, and in love. Okay? We are to do so in in gentleness humility with respect okay it's important to respect you know according to first Peter 3:15 we do so in respect we do so in gentleness and respect but tell the truth still they will still be angry they will still be angry we will do our best though to be to to be respectful okay and to be gentle but we must tell them the truth there is no way they will not be offended even Christ, they, 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 they wanted to stone him, okay? So, if, if, you, if you say you want to offend anybody, you will not hear anybody the gospel, okay? We must be ready that we'll do our best to speak in love, okay? In love as our reason and love as our approach, okay? But we must say the truth. Even though they get angry, we must tell them the truth. That's very important, okay? Jude 22. Jude 22. It says, Be merciful to those who doubt. So, um, don't be angry with them. When someone says, I'm leaving the faith, you know, what you want, you want don't respond in anger. Be merciful to them, okay? Be merciful. Be merciful. Don't respond in anger. Be merciful to those who doubt. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay? Have we, have we learned? So, we'll go for that next week with, um, with our next topics on apologetics, okay? This will help us to better know how to share our faith effectively, to, to, to answer people's real questions that hinder them from accepting the gospel. So topics like, is God real? Is there really a God? Is it real? Is the Bible true? We discuss the accuracy and the authenticity of the Bible. We also discuss why is the Christian God the one true God or are there many gods? We also discuss, is God good? Why will a good God send people to hell? We will discuss, if God is good, how do we explain the barbaric laws and events of the OT? We will discuss, what happens to those who have never heard the gospel? We will discuss, 
what, what, what does God have to say about abortion, rape, homosexuality, slavery, gender, gender, gender equality, and other issues of our days? So we'll take them um, every day, every every midweek service. We'll take one topic and you know take the next one. So next we'll talk about is God real? Okay, would we'll, would we'll show with proof, with science and logic, okay, will prove the existence of God and will show you that it takes much more sense to believe that God is real than it takes to believe that God is not real. It's actually a lot easier to believe it than, than to say there's no God. It, there's, there's more evidence to prove that God exists than anything else, okay? You'll see that it takes much more logical faith to say there's no God. We'll show that you that next week. Are we blessed? Have we learned? Have we edified? We give all the praise, Lord. We give you all the praise. We thank you because we continue next week and we are edified. We grow in all this Christ, okay? And we are able to teach others. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this message. We are very sure you're edified. If you would love to partner with our ministry in giving, please visit our website at www.thisgreenchurch.org and click on the giving link. God bless you.